Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. today's episode we have new friend of the show she is both a player and a dm on the mayday roleplay podcast if you'd like to go ahead and introduce yourself uh hi uh my name is eli uh i am as <laughs> as said i am a uh i am a dm i am a, a player uh i collaborate with a group called mayday roleplay uh, we're a group of friends that met over the pandemic uh and we decided that we love ttrpgs and chaos and friendships so we decided to start playing together and uh yeah uh we have a delta green campaign that we're currently um recording our second season and i am um we just wrapped up a D&D homebrew of, uh, set in my home world of Ashoka called Ashoka Precious Cargo. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And I have uh, just started checking out that portion of it. I mostly have listened to a lot of the Delta Green stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into both of those, I, I do want to uh, just see, like, you know, where did this all start for you? Where did you kind of get into nerd culture? Neuroculture? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've been kind of a little bit of a nerd all my life, um, just in general. Um, but like getting into like TTRTVs uh, really came uh, from uh, like most recently. Um, so I started playing Dungeons and Dragons in uh, 2019, like towards the end of it. Nice. Um, and then I finally found like my home team uh, out here uh, with a, gr- a group of play- players. And then since the pandemic, I've just been like s- diving deep into being a part of like the TTRBG like world, like playing new game, different kinds of games outside of D&D and like all, all that whole stuff. I've been kind of just fully invested <laughs> into into being a part of ttrbg oh yeah i mean once you get started in it it's uh oh you're hooked like once you you got it (laughs) 
which is so funny that so many people still don't do it because it's like it, it, there really is a game for everyone. Um, totally. And that was, you know, one of the big things, one of my big draws to Delta Green um, was always just like, it's just completely different than anything D&D is. And I mean, it's modern, it's it's horrific, it's super mm-hmm. intense. And um, yeah, so that, that was such a cool yeah, like DG Delta Green was like the first game I got to play that wasn't like D and D centric. It wasn't like a hero's fantasy where you get to play this awesome character and you just you know you go live out your fantasy dreams of being like the hero and you save people and do all that stuff. Like Delta Green was like I like even at that like I wasn't really into like horror like growing up, so I wasn't even very familiar with like HP Lovecraft and like all of that shenanigans until I really got into this stuff. Um, But yeah, but like Delta Greed has been a very interesting way to like play modern, like talk about modern problems, get into like what makes a person terrible, (laughs) you know, and, and, and realizing that like, yeah, there are like monsters out there in the world, but like sometimes the worst monster is you (laughs) and and exploring that kind of stuff with and being able to also explore it with like people who are equally invested in role-playing like that and and stuff like that because like i found that delta green was very like you're you're not really relying on roles to kind of like roles for like skills of course but like a lot of it is just role play right you just got to be able to talk to people and go and investigate what it is and and handle it and i got a group of people who uh who just love to do that too so now we've just got a whole group of chaotic people who want to just be dramatic as possible yeah Yeah, I think that was really the appeal for me um, when it came to your guys' show. It's funny, actually, I never have shouted this person out, but RPG Cast is where I found you guys. Uh, oh, really? I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they, they, um, it's run by this woman who basically compiled a list of like all these different podcasts that had either BIPOCs or LGBTQ plus players mm-hmm. and, and or if it was just all women or whatever. So it's basically like find your diverse podcast. Yeah, And I was looking specifically for Delta Green because I was, you know, there are some that I listen to, but one of them is, you know, locked behind a paywall on Patreon. The other one got weird down the line. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I, and both of them were all white men. So yeah, I was like, well, I'd like to listen to something else um, too, just to add to that. And, uh, and then I found you guys and just listening to it. Uh, I mean, obviously your production quality that you add to it um, mm-hmm. is fantastic that makes a huge part of the show but you're right the role play like i don't even think i remember a lot of the roles outside of some of the combat stuff but it's really just mm-hmm. like you guys are just going and going and going yeah so the um as far as the post-production stuff goes um i mean you're adding sound effects and, and all those things correct mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh yeah so i'm a i'm a uh audio engineer by trade so this is kind of like in my wheelhouse of just like skill set and a lot of us at mayday are are involved in the uh film and television industry because we're hubbed out here in los angeles um so like sergio who's our handler he's like a dp we have members who are are actors uh, pursuing actors um, and uh, Zakia, who is our art, our, our resident artist, uh, they do like stuff in the industry as well as professionally uh, draws and does commissions and stuff. So we are just like a wheelhouse of just creative stuff. So, and our goal with Delta Green was trying to take a TTRPG game 
and then try to make it as cinematic as possible so that just goes like we're recording all this really awesome role play and then trying to supplement it with like really nice music and really great effects and yeah. trying to draw a tone and make you feel <laughs> just as scared and horrified as we are like sitting there in, yeah. our, in our closets <laughs> recording this together yeah. over the internet absolutely it's just so greatly done like congrats to you and, and good job i mean <laughs> it, it really is fantastic um but and you do capture a lot of that stuff you know like you said it really does make it a cinematic experience of mm -hmm. just like listening um so you know being that it was kind of that new game into genres outside of D, &D what was that like because not to i don't want to spoil anything for people because i want everyone to go listen to this show like i really do love it um yeah but you know, there are some moments in there that are like so intense, like intense where like, I'm not a very animated person. And I was like mm -hmm. holding my mouth over my face, like, oh <laughs> shit, what, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. What was that like, you know, uh, getting into that experience? I mean, I don't, I don't know. We, we had just been, we were just been a, a very tight group since like the interims of like building this, this uh, podcast together that it's been kind of a, a natural place for us to be able to just push the envelope and yeah. get like get in there have disagreements being able to yell at each other <laughs> get upset you know and still at the end of the day by the end of it we're just like oh man dude that was really cool yeah. <laughs> like i'm so sorry we had to do that yeah. <laughs> but like you know but it makes it, it just makes the story and, and it's just like a really natural thing and you know if you have a table where you have people that like really trust you and and, and have that really good communication and we're really good together like you know we're you're able to kind of just push the envelope a little bit try to get deeper into that level of role playing and you know that's just a, a crazy thing we managed to do i mean even i i'm not a generally confrontational human yeah. in general but just getting it caught up in the moment of just like being one scared of like the outcome to trying to like stand your ground as a character and then you know trying to bridge understanding with a different person at the same time you know just it just somehow clicks it works you know yeah. it's sometimes it's like hard to explain it's like yeah no we'll we'll just be like and scene at the end of it and just be like the best of friends by the by the time we're done you yeah. know and i think you have to have that kind of relationship to be able to explore that kind of stuff in in ttrpg in general oh yeah for sure and then i mean on top of that you stack you know the violence that can come with that game too mm -hmm. um which really sometimes can come out of left field uh depending on what you're getting into uh yeah you know, combat so is dangerously scary in delta oh green gosh. and it's yeah. like like you know like D, D, you got death saves and like you have an opportunity to like you might pull through but like delta green it is like you're you're, you're you're done like even like my my first character death actually ever in ttrpg never came out of like a, a nice hero's ending and D, D. it was a delta green game yeah. uh that i got to play with uh with a collaboration with uh black project gaming and that was my first character death that I was said there like, wow, that's it. That's whoa, shit. <laughs> like I only had eight hit points and that was eight hit points. <laughs> yeah. And we're done. We're done. There's nothing more I can do about it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to sit there at the end of it and just be like, fuck, they died. <laughs> Did I, there's nothing we could have done. It had to happen. But it's like, ah, you know. Yeah. But I think, you know, that aspect of it really creates stakes and i think it changes the way you have to play 
Um, yeah. Because if you're so used to just like, oh, well, I'm the paladin with 22 AC and I run in and I just take <laughs> hits and, you know, it's like, cool. Yeah, that's that's going to work in that game. But when you come to Delta mm-hmm. Green, you're like, you're, you're a fucking human. Like you have to like chill. You have to think about what you're going to do. You have to yeah. try to be creative if you can and, you know, work yourself out of the situation if possible. Yeah. And plus, like, even the consequences in, you know, in game, like, Sergio is very good at keeping tabs of what's going on in game. And like, he's meticulous, and he can be very evil sometimes, because like, you know, you know, it's like sometimes as a character or a player, you you make like a random choice that was just Mm -hmm. kind of like off tangent, you didn't, you don't think anything's gonna happen to it there's no sergio's in there like yeah like you know he's keeping like with like delta green you know there's like bonds and stuff and bonds are very important mm-hmm. to the overall characters you know so he's keeping tabs of like who you know some people have significant others and stuff like that so he's keeping tabs like who's calling home who's not calling home yeah. well that person's not calling home hmm let's let's you know let's let's throw some just some angst in the middle of this like you got like a whole like eldritch like horror after you but you know what the wife's gonna call you (laughs) (laughs) and and you got to deal with like you know and it just brings this level of depth to it because like it's it's not just about the the lore stuff that's a part of the game it's also like the real human aspects of like people having to juggle lives like this you know because this is a secret society of people uh like a secret underground thing that like you know you have to distance yourself from the real world doing this as a character and but then like seeing how like it affects your outward world (laughs) and all parts of your life and stuff like that and it makes it more i feel it makes it more real and more genuine um and, and you guys yeah, like to take the extra step of adding covid <laughs> into it yeah that was something <laughs> that we real, real. yeah we we talked about it beforehand like we we discussed it and um we just felt that it was a really interesting way to just kind of handle our feelings with being in a pandemic yeah you know because like up until like june of this of this year I had never met any of these people (laughs) in real life, you know, with the the exception of a a handful of people in terms of like post-production and and doing some, some minor stuff. But yeah, like we never met each other. We were kind of trapped in, (laughs) in the middle of a pandemic and having to deal with that stuff. And we found both escaping through TTRPG and building this friendship together. (laughs) was really cathartic so we wanted to kind of touch a little bit about that in in um in our delta green game because we feel like also people also are kind of dealing with that as well Mm -hmm. being trapped starving for content or starving for uh connectivity with with things around them um and like people dived very deep into like podcasts in general like you know the amount of podcasts that people started putting out on the top on the same thing of people like running two podcasts and trying yeah. to find something to attach to you know um yeah i mean obviously made such know, a great space <laughs> yeah we're, we're both part of that that wave of you know pandemic podcasts if you will um but mm-hmm. there's a lot you're, you're right i mean i look at a lot of the newer ones that pop up on social media or anything like that and it's just like wow you guys started in september or you started last may or april mm-hmm. or you know because it's the same thing like we're just all in this kind of situation where there's this thing we love. We want to be, do it more. Some of us have more time to do it, whatever it is. And yeah. it's just like, well, 
I guess let's just give it a shot. Like we have nothing else to lose, you know? Yeah. Right. (laughs) We're not not going anywhere. Um, Exactly. That's very cool. So how did that come about? Like, how did you end up meeting these people that you end up playing this beautiful game with? Um, Well, we originally were kind of brought together on a, on a separate project. So we were initially as a group, uh, I wasn't actually a player in the first interim of it. I was just coming in to handle post-production and and produce the project, but uh, we were playing games with another DM uh, as we were like developing the project, developing, like trying to be friends, connecting and stuff like that, like doing some pre stuff before that we realized that the DM we were working with was just not, an ideal person that we wanted to continue to work with. There was okay. some really red flags and yeah. those unfortunate things. Like yeah. I've been luckily in, in my TTRPG like experience, you know, some people always have those like really terrible stories mm-hmm. about like being at tables that were just not great. Yeah. Didn't feed what you wanted. The one, it was one of those kind of situations, but like af- as we like walked out of that, we were like, well, we actually kind of, actually do like each other (laughs) like you guys are like really fun it's just like we're in a really bad situation um so why don't we just take a a chance to just try it and so we instead of doing a DD campaign like we originally did we decided to um, sergio pitch the delta green campaign doomed to repeat and he's like well why don't we just switch game systems why don't we run this game and we'll see how we feel about it. And yeah. then we, once we played the first app, uh, the first game of it, we were all like, "Yeah, we're gonna fucking do this." <laughs> <laughs> and we just kept going, and that's what we've been doing since. Like, it's been already a year, I think. So it's been a whole year of, of recording and producing this whole yeah. project now for us. So that, yeah, that's kind of how we got together, and I think that's like. It's one of those things where like a terrible event made the bond stronger yeah, <laughs> and now we're sure. like tight, you know? Yeah. So, so that just bolstered us into a, a drive of just wanting to produce something and just have fun at the same time and, and getting to uh, be just dope friends with these people. Yeah. So good. That's very awesome. So you mentioned you guys are all out in LA. Is that where you grew up? No, uh, I'm actually, uh, I was born and raised in uh, Hawaii. Uh, I am, uh, I'm Hawaiian. um, And I lived out there uh, for most of my life. And then I went to pursue uh, a degree in audio production. So I moved out here to Los Angeles. And I've been kind of here ever since, uh, mainly because this is the hub for the industry for for what I decide what I do career wise. Um, But yeah, awesome. Um, Yeah. And which is why, like, I, I wrote, like, Ashoka, my, my D&D campaign is kind of based off being um, living on an island. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, yeah. it's a very, uh, an archipelago kind of situation trying to bring levels of, like, my culture and stuff to to a game and wanting to pursue or, like, um, not pursue, kind of explore big, what, yeah. like, where that goes. Awesome. And what was it like? Because uh, you, you said you've always kind of been a nerd. What, you know, what was that like in Hawaii? Was that something that was um, kind of embraced or was it still sort of stigmatized as you were younger, like it is in a lot of places? Um, I know. I don't think I ever was really like, like, um, like made fun of for like being a, like a nerd and stuff like that or enjoying these things. I, I had a lot of friends who were, were into the, a lot of, I mean, 
my nerdum kind of is centered around like superheroes and mm. and those kind of like power rangers and, yeah. like that kind of stuff so it wasn't necessarily like people getting like on my case about it my parents didn't necessarily mind my mom like you know i was a harry potter kid growing up and stuff like that and my parents didn't mind as long as i was staying out of trouble yeah <laughs> with right, it yeah. so so yeah but i mean my, also my like my like nerdum and stuff like that really came more from being on the internet also as than it being kind of on like an interpersonal level mm-hmm. um like though i was like ttrbging in like 2019 i was still doing like role-playing games but it was more on the internet so there's like places you can go on the internet um where you can do like it, they're called rgbs they're role-playing blogs so like tumblr at the beginning of it i was uh, playing games on online with people and i was doing it was more of a a writing format than it was uh like talking at at a table and and being more of a social stuff it was just yeah so it was more kind of chat based uh yeah chat based uh so it was like a mixture of of multimedia but it was more text-based than any anything else so sometimes it was like you could write paragraphs sometimes it was just like quick uh text chat kind of style or um, even with like Tumblr, they had like gift sets. So like, you know, people will like get a celebrity or something like that to be your face character. Mm. You can find all these like small gifts of them doing like minor reactions and stuff like that. <laughs> so sometimes it was just like a sentence with a with a reaction. And that kind of fills the the, you know, the context of what you're doing. And, and you could just be doing that for for hours, you know. Yeah. And the, the best part about those kind of things is like it's f- like fluid. So, you know, like you don't have to worry about scheduling stuff, you know, and worrying that like players are going to show up to your game because life happens and stuff. Yeah. It's just whenever you have time, you log into your account, you find whatever you're you were conversing with or creating with and you, you just keep going and you, you can just make these long thread based like st- small like novels <laughs> of, of people just interacting with each other. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I um I didn't have like good computer access until I was probably in college, I would say. Mm. And by that time, um I think I was fully just ready to not deal with people for the most part. So I, was, <laughs> I I didn't really get on that stuff other than like trying to date and things like that. I was not yeah. uh not trying to be involved. Um but yeah, I think that's really cool though. It really does kind of like you said just gives you that opportunity to you know, sort of work some of that stuff out. And mm-hmm. did you, were you in like drama or theater at all too in, as a kid or? Um, I, I joined like the, uh, I've been, was like off and on in theater all of my life. My sister was more involved with like drama and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the later part of my high school career, that's when I started, like I, I was, I used to play basketball growing up. Oh, nice. okay. <laughs> so I was, I was big in sports. Um, but like my sophomore year, I got injured. Uh, I, I, I subluxated my shoulder and that was a whole thing for me. Yeah. Um, so I then started looking at other things I wanted to do outside of sports. So I went back to doing theater, um, realized I'm not good <laughs> at theater. <laughs> I'm not meant for the stage ever, a very nervous person, but uh, I did find that's where I ended up finding my like passion for being in audio. I ended up being um, really involved in the tech side of stuff. Okay. I would run um, I would run all of the audio work for anything that we were doing uh, production wise and stuff like that, which later became <laughs> what I decided to do for a living. Um, 
but yeah but i and also like my high school was kind of set up in a way where like your junior senior year you're in these academies that are more like career based and there was nothing else that interests me (laughs) so i decided to join the fine arts academy (laughs) so i was (laughs) So I was just hanging out in the arts academy my last two years of high school. So that's where I, you know, I was just digging around in the music classes, uh, in theater class, just, you know, trying to get out of being on stage by saying like, oh, I can run the audio for class and just give me the translatable grade for it so I don't have to go on stage. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I I will say, despite your uh, fear of going on stage, that you are very good at at the role play side of it. That's why I asked, because I think, you know, you you have done such a a great job on that end. So yeah, I think it's really cool. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, God, I was in a play when I was like in elementary school. That was the I feel like all elementary school kids. It was like an program thing. And I was just like, uh, after after that, and I was in a theater and they're like, you know, in the sense of like you're this little kid, you're looking out, you can't see anybody. You have these big spotlights mm-hmm. on you. I, I think that play was just awful. Like my recollection of it, just. <laughs> but yeah, after that, I was just like, I don't ever really uh, want to try to get back into this again. And I mean, there's definitely been times like in your head where you're like, I could be an actor. That seems blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, mm, no, that actually would take quite a lot of work. It's like off the stage, I'm like, yeah, I could totally do it. But the moment you stand up there and there's people looking at you, I'm like, mm, this yeah. was a terrible idea. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's what's fun about these games is that you kind of get to flex that muscle, whether you mm-hmm. you know turn it into a stream or a podcast, whatever, or you're just doing it for fun and enjoying the experience of doing it and you know yeah. making your friends laugh or whatever. So Totally. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like people don't realize that, like, it there's there's a level of role playing that you can always, like, do and accomplish no matter, like, what type of personality you are. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, like, see, especially see, like, play casts and, like, the big guys and stuff like that where they're, like, you know, some of them are professional actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody thinks that that's what you, you're going to have to do when you sit at the table. But, like, no, you absolutely do not have to do that. I I literally have I've had I've done stuff for people where there's some of the most shyest people so i'm just like all right well you you, you just you don't have to role play it you can just tell me what you want to do and yeah. then i'll fill i'll fill those gaps in for you so you don't have you don't have to feel pressured to to like you don't you don't have to come up with a monologue you can be a bard without having to sing a song at my table like it's yeah. fine <laughs> whatever sure. whatever works for you whatever's comfortable yeah. as long as you can express the, what you want and what you want to get out of it you know yeah, I um, I definitely, there are some times that I think, um, because a lot of my games are similar to that, like um, the two players that I play with the most, a lot of times it's just like, we just want to play and have fun. And there's not, it's not a very like role play heavy game, but mm-hmm. there's times that I'm like, okay, like this is a big moment. Like we gotta, you know, we'll start to do that. And then they're like, you can tell there's like this pause of like, oh shit. Okay, I gotta, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> and we're yeah. in, yeah. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, myself too, you know, especially I get like nervous because I think with anything that I do, and I think probably a lot of people are like this, like, I just want to do a good job. So I'm like, mm-hmm. how can I do like a slightly different accent with this one or, <laughs> um, you know, really sell that the stress of this or whatever it is or change mm-hmm. the personality so it's not all the same kind of character every time. But yeah, that's a lot of fun that way. What Was uh, Ashoka the first time you ever DM'd? 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, yes. Ashoka is the, well, Ashoka, the recording of Ashoka was about me like six, like three to six months, I, I think, into DMing. Okay. So, um, but it was my first time actually doing something like production wise. But yeah, uh, Ashoka was uh, coming out of the pandemic. Uh, my home team, like when we got into the pandemic, balls to walls just playing we were playing two to three times a week we were just <laughs> trying to escape the problem of what we were in um but unfortunately one of uh two of our players uh, was moving out of state so we were about to lose them and um so we just decided i just decided well, it was like uh, i've been kind of mulling over i bought the dms guide <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we still wanted there was a lot of us who still wanted to play so we're just i was just like all right well give me like a week i'll figure this out um, I built like a bare bones of the world with like minor conflicts, had no real direction. Um, and I was like, well, this is enough for you to build a character. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out along the way. And that's pretty much what Ashoka has become is just it's an open world campaign where like people just drop characters into the world. I'll make a general plot around it. And then we just kind of see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um, but I, I think, you know, to that end, that's kind of. Um, a lot of the advice that people give about DMing is it's like, you know, we get into this idea of like, oh, I have to build this whole thing and name all these countries and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's like, mm -hmm. just make a place, you know, yep. make a place to start. And then your character will say like, I'm from Bloobity Blue. And you're like, cool, yeah. Bloobity Blue is real now. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's, yeah. yeah, especially with like an island campaign. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't have names for all of these islands. Find an island, pick an island. <laughs> That's your island now. <laughs> this is where you come from and this is what you do. You know, I've had people build like factions for Ashoka. Um, we've got uh, somebody made a, a, like subclasses. Like it's over the course of just writing Ashoka. I've just slowly and slowly is just deeply like developing this world overall. And it's really nice because like your players, like players have like such a, a like, are the ones that are less filling in those details you know they're the they're the more detailed orient stuff and then you can just nicely spread it into the world and, and things like that um which is what I'm, I'm really enjoying of just people being able to find like creative stuff that i didn't even think about it's like okay this is what you resonated with with my overviews and stuff like that sure let's do it yeah you know that's awesome. Have you, I, I know you said uh, Zakaya does a lot of the art, but have you guys had other people like just send in art that they drew from listening to the show? Um, we haven't gotten, uh, we have one person who's, who has drawn us fan art, um, which is one of the uh, items that we, we come across of in, uh, in our Delta Green campaign. Um, uh, I don't want to, yeah. I, I feel like it won't spoil anything. Um, but overall, we haven't, quite gotten to that point oh man the day though the day that people start drawing art is the yeah. day i'll like you know but even at that when that when uh it, it's a, a one of a lake somebody at a laker knows who had drawn that art and they had sent it to us and we were just sitting there going oh no it's our first fan art and i was like sitting there just like it's happening i don't know <laughs> it's, yeah. and it's, it was like just a random thing but it, it like super small but i was just like oh somebody loved it enough to yeah. to make it you know that's so um, cool yeah 
but nothing yet but like zakia zakia just kills it anyways with the art and like it's always a it's always an awesome day when zakia decides to hit our artwork chat on our on our discord yeah and be like look look i got i got character designs from everybody for our next campaign and everybody's just like ah like screaming you know yeah yeah i i love it uh what she's done has been really fantastic and it's just such a cool thing i personally have never been in i've never gotten into digital art mostly just as not having the computer software that kind of stuff to do it Mm -hmm. um but and i i don't know if i'm patient enough to color honestly (laughs) so but like for all of any game that i've ever played in like i've always drawn the characters Mm -hmm. um just based on you know what the descriptions that we get from our uh players and stuff like that and one of the players now that i have uh, we actually did my podcast art together um but i draw stuff and then she'll color it for me and like oh that's so so it's cool because we get to collaborate that way and um, yeah it just adds it just adds something when somebody just like (laughs) it's like look here's some art of your character i decided to you know in my home group that that was somebody who was just like off on the side just drawing our characters because they just wanted to do it and then just didn't even tell us is one day it's like hey i drew your character and i'm just like oh my god like what (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what they look like or what i imagine that's so great so beautiful i can't um, yeah. It just it just makes you it makes you so giddy and happy. And that's like I feel like that's one of the great things about being like in the space is that you have different kinds of, of people who do different kinds of art and yeah. want to like connect to you and express themselves like it's like I loved your character so much that I can't stop thinking about them. So I'm going to draw them and yeah. all the and like here. Here's my favorite moment of this character or like people just talking about it like like people like in Mayday people sometimes will like hit me up like later in the week and go like dude what you did on sunday was insane and i was just like oh my god you know like because like i don't know about you sometimes but like sometimes i'll like panic and freak about freak out about stuff it's like Mm -hmm. man did i make the right decisions i don't know like or like just sometimes i'm an introverted person so sometimes i get really burnt out especially after playing a game yeah you know so and then having somebody come in and go yo dog (laughs) (laughs) that shit was sick i can't believe you did that i can't believe we did that and then you just get that little bit of validation and you're just like oh yeah Yeah. okay cool 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 (laughs) i'm not ruining things (laughs) it's going well (laughs) when uh so kree she's she's been a guest on this show she's uh Mm -hmm. one of the friends that i play with and um same thing of you guys like uh, we became friends during pandemic never met her in person but we're still like every Saturday, you know, we're up for a game and mm-hmm. uh, hanging out and stuff. And she helps me uh, with the pictures. Um, but she mentioned something similar too of just, you know, her character had this NPC that was her mentor that she traveled to this land with. And when all things started, they were captured, separated. Uh, he had ended up losing a hand. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was like the first trace that she found of him. So she thought like, oh, for sure he's dead because it's D&D like, that's what happens. Yeah. People die. Um, and she talks about, you know, having some other stuff going on in her life at the same time. And, you know, they were able to save him, bring him back. He was a part of quite a few sessions and and still is a part of the game. Um, and for her, it had such an impact of just like, uh, she says like it was very healing to be able to like have this character that, you know, she had bonded with in this game, you know, to whatever mm-hmm. extent, but like she didn't think that she was ever going to get him back. And then realizing like, Oh, cool. Like you did this for me. You gave me this thing. Um, and for myself, I was just like, well, I don't, it doesn't have to 
be always doom and gloom, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. so I just, I didn't really process it that way when I was doing it, but it was cool that it turned out that way and made a positive impact, you know? That's one of the cool things about these games is like that role play, whether it's in the game and how it affects the people you're playing with, or like you said, if you're playing for an audience, how it can affect them and and really um, make an impact there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just, yeah, I think that's just like, I guess the general thing about storytelling, you know, you're, you're trying to tell a story to connect to people and you're really, it's really surprising how interesting you can connect to people on different levels based on your experiences. Because I feel like in some way, when we, when we make characters, we're, we're either exploring things about ourselves or we're exploring things about the world or trying to understand things. Um, And, you know, having characters of different perspectives or having to brush up against characters with different perspectives Mm -hmm. and things like that just like is a really weird like cathartic experience that you get playing ptrpg you know for sure um that's and a really interesting thing when i play with like mayday like we're weirdly in sync when we make characters that we like at least for when i was dming for ashoka like every person brought you know, sent me individual character sheets. Nobody really collaborated with their characters prior unless they were talking briefly uh, outside of uh, outside of chat. But like people had some really universal themes that they wanted to talk about that they that they resonated with with the general overview and stuff like that. And they, they wanted to explore that, you know, yeah. uh, Ashoka is just, a, you know, a group of like characters who are deeply inherently flawed like they're they're definitely not the heroes you expect to be yeah. going in and taking on a mission that they're they're taking on and sign the contract sign the contract you know like like stuff like that but that also like people who find quirky things about you know for yeah. their characters and stuff like that i love that but you know but all of them were deeply like characters who who needed like affirmation in their lives and you know wanted to be loved and accepted and yeah. you know are deeply flawed and wrestling with like the conundrums of, of their external lives that they're, they're dealing with and like having to make choices about like what they want, regardless of, you know, everybody around them. And it's just fascinating. And, and same thing for like doom to repeat, you know, uh, with, with our Delta green campaign, you know, we found there was like things that I, I experienced with everybody's character was like, Oh, okay. Well, hide my character <laughs> you know has to navigate <laughs> the way other people react and feel towards yeah. towards stuff and you know and hide has personal goals of wanting to keep everybody safe but mm-hmm. some people don't want to want that or you know right. and like how do we how do we resolve that so that we can try to move forward you know this is doomed to repeat is the very most disjointed party of people <laughs> trying to solve this problem yeah wow yeah um, <laughs> it's so wild how we sur- we're surviving as characters yeah it's i mean it, it's such a great like there's so many things about that show that i love but like especially um when you guys do like your little vignettes at the beginning sometimes where it's just like you're just role playing out this scene of talking to a family member or whatever it is. Like some of that stuff is just so beautiful. Um, oh man! And then, um, 
And Alerto's voice is so soothing. Am I the only one who thinks that? Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> what everybody says. <laughs> it really that's why is. We have, that's why we have them uh, run all of our disclaimers. We, yeah. the, 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 the soothing, first soothing thing you hear before shit gets wild. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, uh, I mean, it's just fantastic. But then, you know, you have um, Caleb and Aaron who have these very deep voices and play these very intense um, characters. And then the rest of the group is still, you know, uh, women are non-binary, like at that same level of just intensity, you know, but without having that already built in, like scary, especially Aaron, um, you know, <laughs> Aaron. I never met him. I'm just going off of what I listened to, but like his voice is just so intense. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Um, and then yeah. the character he plays, um, uh, basically, this is just a, a big uh, teaser trailer for everybody to go listen to me. Um, <laughs> We're keeping it just nice yeah, and just vague enough. enough. Just enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sponsored. I just love this show. Um, but yeah, no, seriously. The uh, But it's just like, like I said, it, I mean, it's fantastic. And then Sergio on top of that with how yeah. he, you know, keeps all together, how he keeps those little things in the back of his mind um, and just being... I think he does a fantastic job. Like I said, I listened to a few other ones of just knowing when to make you guys roll and knowing when to just let it play out, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and it just runs so smoothly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so do you edit all of the audio, the voice audio too, or are you just doing the post-production? Um, yeah, so I I primarily um, do all the stitching. Sergi also contributes to okay. doing uh, editorial because it's just a lot of stuff that we have to condense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we take the time to smooth out all the audio. We'll we'll take out like some of the the ta- off tangentness that you know that just happens in yeah, RP. You know. For sure. <laughs> We're, we're snarky people too. So like when think terrible things happen, we respond with humor. So we got to take those couple minutes to just let it happen. Yeah. But we condense that stuff out. We try to make it as cinematic as possible. I mean, there's okay. been a couple times where we've like, like in terms of like combat, we've kind of rearranged editorial to like try to maintain the integrity of having roles affected, but not to the point where, um, it hinders the cinematics of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, how far you've gotten into it, but there there was a really dramatic uh, scene that we've had where, like, we were listening to it in the first, like, interims of it, of the draft and stuff like that, and then you just get to this point where, like, the character's about to do their action, and when you listen to it, you're just, like, on the edge of your seat. It's about to happen. It's about to go off, and then it just kills it when, when Sergio comes in and is like, well, roll that attack for me, please. <laughs> And you're just like, ah, and then I'm just like, cut that out. Let's just, we know what the, what the role outcome is going to be. Let's, let's just run through without having the mechanic there and be fine with that. And then the more opportunities to roll it when it's like tight and nitty gritty, you know, like where the character's getting away or something like that. And you're just like, okay, and then throw the rolls in. Cause that adds the anti to it of like, oh, did you get it? Oh no, we missed the roll. Okay. We got to keep going. Um, so trying to find the appropriate places to just, you know, have it flow as natural as possible, but still remind everybody we're playing TTRPG, you know, um, yeah. was a part of the process and part of the goals that we're trying to try to do with, with our product. How long does that uh, take you, give or take, with each episode? Ooh. 
Um, a long, <laughs> a long yeah. time. Because um, I know, like, just editing myself and one other person takes me like three hours, and mm-hmm. it might just be because I'm so picky. But it, you know, that it's kind of my my experience. Overall, it, it takes us a few months to put put this kind of stuff oh, together. Because, wow. yeah, I mean, not the not the necessarily the the stitching of the of the actual episode, the dialogue side mm-hmm. of it that can that can take uh, a, maybe a day or two. Um, depending on the amount of time we have. Um, But then coming back in, laying in music, laying in sound effects, then, uh, you know, I I mix it uh, because I I like to mix it to make it sound like the environment. I want you to feel like you're sitting in a car Mm -hmm. driving alongside the rest of them. Like you're you're in the middle of it, you know, you're you're there like, you, you know. Um, making it sound like you're walking into a room from like the outside. So hearing all those environmental noises and then having it kind of slowly taper off, you know, that overall just takes time. Um, we were lucky for a couple of those episodes getting to come into a, an actual studio and, and um, mixing in house and stuff like that. Cause I, I have access sometimes to uh, studio space. So like the first six episodes we got to uh, sit there, mix it live make adjustments, make things, you know, sit there as collaboration and be like, oh, do you like that sound? Should we replace it? Oh, should we add a little bit more here? Sorting that kind of stuff out where, where we could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes, <laughs> it, it takes a long time. Yeah. Um, the, the, the stuff for like Ashoka, we ended up doing a, a lot less of production wise just because I just don't have the time and yeah, building no. fantasy is a little bit more complicated. Um, than building a world that's already living within the rules of right. of real life um but also at the same time doom to repeat is just like my little sound baby yeah, sure. <laughs> so i take so much extra care with it because i just love it so much and it, it uh i just want to keep doing more with it <laughs> well and i think too you know when you're having to dm it and prep for that and you know keep track of all that stuff too. Like, I mean, that's already a lot on your mm-hmm. plate to plus work, you know, and yeah. every, everything else life. Gets well, I mean, we, we record and then we do posts. So like yeah, when we're, right. we're not like in tandem releasing episodes as we're recording, God, that would be crazy. Would be <laughs> yeah. But, but still, yeah. Prepping for that stuff and like being both a DM for a project and then having to edit it in post-production. And I'm just like, <laughs> This yeah. is, it's it's all it's all me it's all yeah. like I'll, it's you know it's like Help. with like yeah with like doom to repeat you know you you have sergio who who's the dm of it and you know i treat dms in the way of like directors are so it's yeah. like all right man like what did you think that sounded like you know like talk to me about how you want to hear this stuff and having a a, a mind to bounce off of it's like you know because any all dms have like you know that nice ability to like capture like what they're trying to you know express and stuff like that so having that there just makes it so much easier and sergio knows how to like articulate what he wants and he's 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 also good at saying what he doesn't like you know and that's also sometimes just as important as what you do like it's like "Mm, i don't think that's a a good sound let's try something else you know and that just makes the product better (laughs) because you have you know that that realistic critique and making sure that it's good because you know sometimes people are just like no it's good it's good it's good it's good it's good it's like no something's wrong with it (laughs) just it's fine it's okay (laughs) help me fix it there's got to be something well i think that you know that type of collaboration just helps elevate it like you said it just you know 
because you really do need people to say like yes or no or you know let's it's good but let's make it great mm-hmm. and add that extra mm-hmm. thing to it um but yeah i mean that it's just such a a cool little process and then are you guys because i am still working through both now i wanted to make sure i checked out ashoka before we talked because i mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to talk to you about that a little bit but um but i'm still catching up on doom to repeat are you guys going to return to delta green at some point Yes, we are actually right now, we are recording the second arc of Doom to Repeat. Oh, so we're nice. we're in the last uh, couple of episodes before we start getting it really into uh, post-production. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's coming. It's We're hoping to release sometime in the fall of this year. But yeah, it's <laughs> what you think yeah. it is. It's good. It's, it's been a wild summer for us. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sergio Sergio brought his A game, and like every week, you think something's gonna happen, and you you worry about it all week, and then like Sergio's just like, no, we're gonna we're gonna change it all up, you know, like what you expect is supposed to be the craziest thing that's supposed to happen in the episode ends up not being the craziest thing that happens in the episode, and then you're just like, <laughs> how, how did we get here? How did we, yeah, that's what we're thinking about right yeah, now yeah. sunday we have a we have to record and <laughs> i think that's been the question that we've been asking ourselves for the last two weeks is like how did we get here why are we here now <laughs> what what could we have done <laughs> to yeah. not get us here that's funny i mean but that's such a good um you know uh, handler you know in that situation game master whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it of you know, just figuring out those story beats and figuring out ways to add to it and, you know, even subvert the player's expectations of, mm-hmm. uh, of what's to come. Um, because I think there's, uh, you know, there can be fun in anticipating that and having that anticipation, mm-hmm. but being completely, you know, just blown away with like, I hope, okay, hang on now. I need a moment to figure out what's happening. Um, you know, my character has to react to this in real time, but give, you know, yeah. give me 30 seconds. Cause <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so yeah, I, I completely get that. That's, that's super awesome. Are there um, other games that you've, now that you've been, you know, immersed into this that you've tried or want to try still? Um, well, right now we're also playing on our, uh, we stream every week, but we've been playing uh, Iron Sworn, which has been a very uh, interesting game that I've really gotten into. It's a, uh, Iron Sworn is, um, it's kind of like a fantasy game. It's one of those games where you can kind of solo, you can play a solo mm-hmm. and co-op and stuff like that. So we yeah. play a kind of like a co-op-ish game with Sergio okay. also leading that. Yeah. Um, but uh, recently Iron Sworn just completed their Kickstarter for uh, a space version of of mm-hmm. it called Starforge. So, uh, and I'm fucking obsessed with space. I've been dying to get <laughs> onto a space game. Like, I wanna, I wanna do like Starfinder. Yeah, I want, I want to play Star Wars Five E um, one day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Starforge is kind of now our, our. We've translated the game into moving on to Starforge, so we're playing that. So that's been a very exciting one. Um, uh we are uh i'm getting into like the world of darkness uh like world i don't know if you know about them Mm -hmm. like vampires the masquerade um those kind of games um 
I've been uh, obsessing over LA by night, which is coming back in September. And it's yeah. such a fun campaign and system. Like I'm still kind of getting used to it. Cause it's a, it's a die pool system. So it's like, you do like 10 D tens and <laughs> you just roll all of those dice and you just, gotcha. that's the outcome of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but the the role playing capacity for it has been really fun it's like this like modern like your vampires and this whole underground world the the only rule is don't let humans know that vampires exist and it's like you know it's a really uh interesting lore system that i, I i'm like very intrigued so i'm hoping to get into those kind of games um what is it we um and also like smaller like t like rpg like one pager games that i've yeah. been kind of getting into like zakia ran a game called uh Molgoths versus visigoths which was mm. a hilarious it's a it's a high school dating sims game where you play <laughs> either Molgoths from like the the 96 or something like that or you play like visigoths which are like roman uh yeah. <laughs> like people from the past yeah <laughs> and it was probably one of the weirdest funnest games i've ever played with mayday um because <laughs> everybody just came up with like the most craziest angstiest teenager yeah. <laughs> and we were just running around a mall just <laughs> just mucking it up and stuff like that but yeah i'm hoping to just if anybody wants to throw a ttrpg game at me yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna probably be like okay yeah sure <laughs> Let, think, let's play uh, yeah one shots definitely create a different kind of energy i think because it's just like mm -hmm. well shit like even if this player is crazy it doesn't matter like i'm not gonna see him again so yeah, yeah. i'm just gonna make something absolutely bizarre <laughs> oh yeah and <laughs> everybody made it will is willing to do just that yeah for <laughs> um, sure i think uh i was gonna say you, you talked about a dice pool i think the alien rpg like the alien movies uh they made mm -hmm. an rpg for that and i think that's similar like it's like you roll however many and then you have to hit a certain amount of successes um and it's like yeah. a four or five or six and sixes are critical successes. and it could be a different game but i know there's a few games that are like that where it's just like you know you get 10 of these for this skill roll and then see yeah. how many you get. Um, and it seems to work. Um, you know, I think it's tough. Like the D 100 system makes a lot of sense skill wise. It's yeah. like, this is a true percentage. Um, yeah. I really, I actually really like the D 100 system and stuff like that. It, I feel like it streamlines it and makes it easy, like less dice to really manage. Yeah. Um, like you don't, you don't have to roll a different <laughs> dice for every situation that you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's based purely on your, your skill ability and, and being, and I feel like it's also a better way for like DMs to manage mm -hmm. like players as well, because it's, uh, like an 80% is much easier to read than like a plus five, you know, on right. somebody's yeah. like abilities check, you know? So I think it makes it easier for a DM to be like, all right. Do I need to really make this person roll or can I just give them the information or give them what they're asking for without it, you know, because they're already skilled in it, you know, yeah. so let's streamline it a little bit better. Let's just get to like where the roles would really matter is like those ones where it's like you're only like 20 percent. So there's like <laughs> there's a weird chance you could get it, yeah. you know, and yeah. I feel like that also just ups the ante where you're just like, oh, shit, my my percentage is so low. Ah, fuck it let's try yeah. it <laughs> yeah. you know let's see if luck's on our side yeah exactly yeah um yeah for sure i think that you know i guess the my my barrier around a lot of those um because i've even considered game design myself and 
um, I'm just like, well, D20s are just badass dice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it just, <laughs> no, there's nothing cooler than a D20 in your dice bag. So might as well make a game that uses it. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't use it for damage because like the range of one to 20 would just be be insane. <laughs> <laughs> that would make people pissed off. That would make me pissed off. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> roll a one. I mean, Sergio's one. Sergio's had his role like D20s for sand checks before. And that stuff oh, is yeah. is is wild. It's That's... like, like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry sir. What did you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think my character can handle that much sanity loss of one go. You're trying to you're trying to ruin our lives. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What did you think of that? Uh, mechanic you know uh, the the sanity and, and things like that around um delta green and, and call of cthulhu of course that's where it started but mm-hmm. is that a um, mechanic i mean it's yeah i think it's interesting because i think it, especially for a group who is very role play like centric i think it just adds extra layers and i think it just adds like complications that you're not very you're not expecting right um in it because like you know these kind of events do take tolls on people's minds and stuff like that. These are very unsettling things and Mm. experiences that people are, you know, and it should matter on some way, like how characters react to it. And, you know, and I think other systems don't necessarily allow that, you know, we don't have that in D and D. So when you like show a character something, you know, like terrible, they're expected to, you know, sometimes I feel like people will just kind of brush that off because they're not, um because if they don't have to confront it they won't you know and but a san but a sanity checks force players to confront it and especially because like with the sanity loss in delta green you also have the ability to project that onto your bonds so that Mm -hmm. also adds even more stuff because now you're affecting a character's like external space as well and those are unex and you know how i said like sergio likes to season and pepper that stuff in later you know he'll he'll take that as a a way to try to integrate that in um and i just think it just it makes characters feel more real um and i think it just you know yeah it it makes (laughs) because like all the plans you have sometimes will be ruined by a sanity check you know because then all of a sudden you, you lose a player who's not able to function right at that moment or you know you're affecting your your bonds and it's just adding more and more and more and more stress to it until a character finally breaks and then now you have to deal with the character and how they break and yeah. how do how do they get back to it you know how do you how do you pull somebody from a dark place and bring them back out from it you know and those are real things that just you know a lot you're allowed to kind of explore more um especially with this kind of with a horror-esque type of game and stuff like that it's not just like jump scares and stuff like that it's like oh real things <laughs> real things and real people expect you know expect you know we have characters on our campaign who have like deep-seated phobias and mm. they're confronted with that and you know and indirectly confronted about it sometimes players make choices and decisions that they're not even thinking about but Sergio is like well that's going to kind of lead into something that you're affecting by it. Let's roll and let's see how you handle it, you know? So for sure. And then you, you know, you throw in disorders and fight or fight. And it's just like, you could be in those really intense situations and somebody breaks and it's like, well, this person you're relying on to protect the rest of the team has now taken off out of utter panic. And this other person is, a complete rage monster because mm-hmm. of something else going on. And it's just like, 
yeah, you're in that situation where you're fighting some cosmic beast or, you know, uh, other humans in some cases. And it's just like, mm-hmm. shit, I don't, you know, how do we deal with this whole thing? Yeah, so, exactly. It, yeah. it definitely puts p- players, it, it, it forces players to have to then reroute and be really creative with how they address a problem and solve a problem it's not a, it's not a dnd game where you're gonna punch your way out of it you know or you're gonna have to use tactical fighting combat skills to do it you know you're gonna have to swallow something inside of you so that you can get back into the game and fight it or else you're gonna kill people or people yeah. are gonna get killed because you're not in the game anymore yeah you know and it makes i feel like it also makes consequences more real you know yeah and you know, sometimes we don't get to really weigh in on our choices and our actions, but like Delta Green, or at least how we're playing Delta Green, where it's just like, yeah, your consequences, yeah. <laughs> they matter. Like what you do do, and especially what you choose not to do is always going to be there. And it's going to, you know, it's going to come back in some way, you know, way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, That's why when I just, play... I will, yeah. I will never have bonds that are children because I am an actual father. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't, I can't imagine like, you know, projecting your, your sanity loss on your child bond. Right. And then how yeah. that plays out is just like, you're just raging against your kids. Like that's mm-hmm. just too real and too scary. Real, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, I totally. <laughs> There's gotta be like a brother or something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, but pe- some people do it, and it's just like, I mean, I guess you know, uh, the people that I've seen, I don't think that they have kids, but um, you know, and obviously, it is a game. Not everybody, you know, internalizes mm-hmm. that stuff. But I think uh, yeah. it's one of those games that Delta Green can be very. Uh, yeah, it, it could get like really. You, yeah, it yeah. can get really deep. It could get really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even even when we play, I mean, even as tight as we are, like you know, especially with like Sergio, you know, we do talk about those kind of things you know safety safety tool Mm -hmm. yeah safety tools are are very important um so you know it's a lot of it is like private conversations with players Mm -hmm. and stuff like that making sure um that we're all comfortable you know with what we're going to be thrown at you know there's i don't think we've ever been like blindsided in a way that's like triggering or affecting and stuff like that it's it's done with with great care i mean even you know like there's a level of like in some way like safety mechanics even with like some of the heavier arguments we get into yeah on delta green and stuff like that um we we know that if we need to stop we will stop and we can right. stop and if we need to take a moment we do you know sometimes even when we play we've taken breaks after really heavy moments because it's just better to take a breather for a second because yeah. the emotions are going everything's all over the place instead of trying to power through it take a second take a five minute break Drink some yeah. water, throw a joke out, laugh a little bit, and then go back into it and, and continue continue on and stuff like that. So, you know, we have very great communication skills as a team, you know, to to talk about things that bother us if, if it ever comes up to, you know, to make sure that we're 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 playing within a, a safe limit and stuff like that um, so that, you know. Because at the same time, you know, when you're putting out a product as well, you also have to consider other people, you know, right, you don't want yeah. people, you know, to equally be triggered by something, <laughs> you know, just because we're comfortable with performing and diving into those doesn't mean necessarily our audience is also wanting to do that, you know, right. so. Hence why Allegra's voice is at the front. 
exactly that's why we have a liker soothing you out first (laughs) warning you about all the violence and terrible things that are gonna happen (laughs) and then we get into it For sure. No, I mean, I I think, you know, you really hit the nail on the head. Like you can't stress the importance of that enough because it really is like, especially, you know, D&D has its own level of violence and and things like that. But especially in a game like Delta Green or Call of Cthulhu, or I imagine possibly in, in Vampire the Masquerade, like there's so much more that, Mm -hmm. that the game can go that you really have to be careful of like, look, like, these are some things without spoiling what we're going to do in the game that could happen. You know, mm-hmm. what are we cool with? What do I need to change? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's good that you guys are doing that. Yeah. I mean, like even with like Ashoka and stuff like that, it is a and d campaign, yeah. but like I, I write about a lot of like, you've seen me on, on mm-hmm. Twitter and on the internet. I talk yeah. a lot about like colonialism and, and, you know, and Westernization and the impacts of that. And that's very heavy in my game. Mm-hmm. And, every time I session zero with people, like I tell them, like I have really terrible (laughs) shitty things that exist in my world because it's stuff that I want to talk about. It's stuff that I feel is important to include. Um, But just because it's there doesn't mean that it has to be a part of our story because I understand that for just because I'm comfortable with it or I want to express it doesn't mean that other people are (laughs) wanting to do that or prepared to do that, you know? And, you know, because we all have different experiences, we all, you know, come from different walks of life and stuff like that. So these things can be very upsetting to one person or be enlightening to another, you know, so trying to make sure that we're navigating that and making sure that, you know, I'm not affecting anybody or or making somebody feel triggered or upset over something that they're not ready to to tackle. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to that end, since you know following you and stuff like that on twitter like i've definitely have been enlightened like you said about a lot of stuff because i was woefully ignorant about a ton of that um, when it came Mm -hmm. to uh, hawaii and and uh, people around there um and it, it really is just insane and i have you know similarly i have my own experiences that mm-hmm. and with a lot of some of it very terrible stuff and i try not to you know project all of that on my my players but um but there are sometimes i think that our life experiences, they come through, uh, mm-hmm. and whether it's subconsciously or consciously, uh, it does, you know, it does happen. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate, I just want to say, I appreciate, you know, the, 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 the brief education that I'm getting on that stuff. Cause I, I like I said, I just really was ignorant to a lot of that. So yeah. it's, it, it's unfortunate and sad, but definitely. Yeah. More I mean, I, f- yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I did in some way project a, sh- a lot of that onto Ashoka, Mm-hmm. Mainly because, like, you know, because I talk about stuff in the way that I have been, yeah. you know, I, I've doing that across social media, but I feel like people don't care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, or, uh, the, the, you know, because, like, you know, sometimes people don't want to confront those kind of things. People want to yeah. like the idea that, like, you know, Hawaii is a very beautiful place. <laughs> you know, what could be what could ever be wrong yeah. on, a, on a beautiful island and stuff like that? And, you know, when people are having to be confronted by that they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to listen so i felt like well okay if that's the case try to find a way to make it more manageable or bite-sized or edible you know like you know it's like okay well let's go into a fantasy world where this happens and then you could be like well hey 
I don't like that. I was like, yeah, yeah that's real life, baby. That's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's what's that's ex- what's existing in the world. Yeah. But now you're now your character is experiencing it like firsthand, you know, you know, so yeah. that, you know, that's ended up kind of being that a little bit in some way, but still trying to maintain a fun <laughs> fantasy, yeah. fantastical, whimsical ish world, you know, that's equally fun, but hopefully maybe enlightening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, from what I've heard so far, I think it definitely um, hits the mark. You, you're doing a great job. So, thank you. Uh, yes, I will again encourage everybody to go check out these shows uh, on on Mayday Roleplay. And uh, but yeah, I think that's probably where we'll end it tonight. So I don't take up too much of your time. But thank you so much for for, sure. for coming on. Of course, on and... dude. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for absolutely. having me. I appreciate yeah. it. It was great. Definitely. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like, leave a review to help us grow this thing.